Welcome back, everyone, to Money and Mental Peace. Are you kind of like me? Do you get overwhelmed and anxious kind of a lot, or at least have had a history of it? Like, I've learned so much since, but if anything would have been a ongoing pattern in my life, especially during college, it would be anxiety. And I've learned a lot from it. And what we're going to talk about today, I learned some, but I think I could have learned way more from my new podcasting friend, Emily, who is going to talk to us today about how to improve mental health in college through decluttering and minimalism. And before that freaks you out, towards the end, she has some really good advice on how to get started low key and low pressure so that you actually get started and do it. Like you just do it really short, easy areas really fast and it kind of gets the ball rolling. So yeah. And do you need to declutter or simplify or whatever? What I would love to see is come on over to our Facebook group, the Christian College Girl Community. It's also in the description below, but it's called, again, the Christian College Girl Community. I'd love to have you paste or post in there three emojis on how your clutter and the chaos of your stuff in your life makes you feel. Like, do you feel pretty calm and happy with the angel with the little halo on top and, or like the contented smiley face? Or do you feel chaotic, stressed, crying? Like, how do you feel in regards to your mental health with all the stuff around you and the clutter? And yeah, let us know in three emojis and I'll try to guess how you actually feel around this or let me know what area you're going to start decluttering first, right? Cool, cool. All right. Yep. Head on over to Christian College Girl Community, vent in there, post those emojis, and let's get started. Do you want guidance on where to go and what to study? Wonder if you should change majors? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for scholarships and ways to pay for college without parental help? Do you wake up worried about everything and just want to make sure you're following God's path for your life? Hey, I'm Kara. I too was a stressed college student looking for money and mental peace. I wondered if there were other ways to pay for college besides loans and wished for clear direction on how to make college and career decisions. Not only was I worried about drowning in debt, but also afraid I hadn't heard Jesus correctly. Was I studying the wrong thing? Was I completely off track? I felt semi out of control and was spiraling until I learned how to hear from God and follow his direction. He guided me and gave me the stepping stones to pay for college. Scholarships, grants, testing out of classes, and other weird school hacks got me through debt-free. And in this podcast for Christian college girls, you will learn how to find God's path for your college journey and how to graduate with no loans or debt. So grab your cold brew and TI-89 and listen in on the most stress-free and debt-free class you've ever attended. This is Money and Mental Peace. Hey guys, before we get started, I just wanted to do a quick disclaimer. Whoever I'm having on to interview next, I'm so glad that you'll get to hear all this great stuff they have to say. However, I want to clarify that all the opinions expressed in this interview are not necessarily mine, meaning um, if you also you go 
choose to listen to the podcast or YouTube channel of whoever I'm interviewing. I am not necessarily agreeing with all their views or opinions. I just wanted to clarify that because you always need to pray and use discernment with who you listen to. Obviously, with listening to me as well, you need to do that. Um, Reason being, I had connected with another Christian podcaster, and it turns out she had a lot of more new age beliefs, and I hadn't realized that at the time. So I just wanted to clarify that um, we're dis- whatever we're discussing in this episode is just what we're discussing, and I'm not sure all of this person's opinions on other areas of life, and just to please, please use discernment and pray over if you should listen to them and their content, and if you should listen to me too. It applies to everyone. Thanks so much, guys. Let's get in it. All right. What, what were you saying, Emily, about anxiety and such, and then, then I'll introduce you. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I think that um, in every stage and age, so obviously I'm a mom with two young kids and your listeners are college age. And I feel like there's fear and anxiety about the future and also preparing for the future. If you're doing things right, am I, am I enough? Am I doing enough? And I think that, um, When it comes to the types of things that I talk about, when it comes to clutter and how it impacts your life and also all the decisions that we have to make, anything that we can do to kind of simplify our lives and remove these excess decisions, we're able to automatically remove some of that anxiety from our lives because we're able to be rooted in the things that are actually important because we are removing all of the visual clutter and all of the emotional and calendar clutter. And we're able to say, okay, this is what's important, whether it's rooted in your faith or your values or or what have you. And that continues to help me. It's not like it's a one and done thing that you declutter your life and you're like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) It's like you continue that having irritates to me do it because I I get so proud of this project I declutter and then it comes back eventually. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's lifelong because you're not a static person. So if you were the same person for your whole life and liked the same things and did the same things, then you probably wouldn't have to declutter anything else in your entire life. But that's not who we are as human beings. We're constantly growing and learning and changing. And then if we're you know married in a relationship with kids. It's all of their interests and all their stuff and so forth. So it's really just recognizing that this is a lifelong journey, but it's always being anchored in what's most important to you and always coming back to that in every single, you know, season of your life. I love that. I love that. Okay. I literally was like, we have to start recording because what you're saying is so good, even though we still haven't like officially begun, but I love that. And I love how you indicate it's physical decluttering, but there's can also be like, um, your calendar. And then that's kind of like your mind and your heart kind of decluttered from that around you. Um, yeah. but so to tie it, start to like streamline into all of that. Hi, this is Emily. Could you introduce yourself to everyone and uh, briefly tell us your declutter story? And then I have these three questions that you submitted to me that I think are fantastic to tie into um, how just all of this overcoming the overwhelm that Mm -hmm. college students feel from not only handling the things like a mom might handle, except maybe not the kids, but also like homework, which can take that amount of time. Yeah. So yeah, 
who in the world are you? Why in the world should we care? <laughs> well, I don't know why you should care. No, I'm just okay. Um, okay, so I'm Emily McDermott. Hi. And I am a wife and I have two boys. My youngest just turned five. So I have five and six and a half year old boys that take up a lot of my time and energy. And I have a podcast called Moms Overcoming Overwhelm. And Kara and I, we met through um, the Systemize Your Life Academy and then also through podcasting, which is great. And I guess as far as my story goes, I got married and we didn't want to have kids right away. But then when we decided we wanted to have kids, uh, it wasn't happening. So we found out we had something called unexplained infertility, which means there's nothing physically wrong with you. It's just hard for you to have kids. So at that time, I was working full time. I was wanting to have a baby. I was feeling overwhelmed by pretty much everything, all the stuff in my house, all the commitments, all the things I was saying yes to. And I realized that that was not sustainable if I wanted to make room in my home and my life for a baby. So I found out about simplifying and minimalism, started decluttering, and that was 2014. And then we had uh, through IVF our oldest son, and then Can our youngest was to a, people what that yeah. is because I know because my oh I'm sorry my family yeah. by the way there are two sets of triplets in my family because of oh IVF. my gosh <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that does happen um it's in vitro fertilization so otherwise shorthand maybe you'd heard as like test tube babies. <laughs> So they're in the Petri dishes, right? Um, but yeah, so we had Andrew, my oldest, that way. And then we had a surprise or what I call our free baby, my now five-year-old, because um, God was like, oh, I think you can handle two under two. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure, God? I don't know. Um, so that was another season of my life and motherhood where simplifying the decisions I had to make was incredibly important because I wasn't expecting to have these two little people that I was in charge of, right, of caring for. And so I started um, speaking to moms groups and blogging, and now I'm sort of exploring the podcasting and decluttering coaching spaces. And I just love helping uh, people re- be reminded of what's actually important to them and then removing that everything that isn't important so they can kind of live courageously in the life that they want to live and that's why I'm here that's awesome and and so basically you took something that's your life experience and turned it into a passion which also talking about college and choosing a major and whatever that's a great story and then also you're indicating, would we say that the, I guess the mental piece, we're talking about the podcast name, and just yeah. kind of like that decluttering, that less overwhelm, I'm guessing you're indicating just kind of the, the physical relaxing and de-stressing of your emotions of your body probably are what helps you like conceive. I know that you're not laying it out like a doctor, you know what I mean? But then also that could probably tie into whatever stress my listeners are going through or maybe even a yeah. physical ailment. Um, is that kind of yeah. what you were? Yeah. No, d- definitely. And there's actually uh, scientific studies and evidence that shows that physical clutter impacts your physical and emotional health. 
And I'm happy to kind of talk a little bit about that. But as far as I think what would be of most interest to your listeners is that there's a direct correlation between clutter and cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So when you're in a cluttered space and you're like, oh my gosh, this is stressing me out. Well, it actually is stressing you out. So you're not crazy. <laughs> um, but also just as far as our well-being, I know at least for me in college, I did not make the healthiest food choices of my life. And there are studies to show that if you're in a cluttered kitchen and have the choice between cookies, carrots, and crackers, that you choose the cookies because mm. you're just like, okay, it's just a mess and I'm overwhelmed. And you feel that visceral feeling of overwhelm. And then it's harder to make, you know, good decisions. So um, I guess the last thing, and, you know, whether your listeners are in a dorm room, which in some ways is nice because you have a limited amount of space. So you can't have too much clutter in there, hopefully. <laughs> um, but even if they're in a home environment, um, just as far as like, I'm sorry, Kara, I totally lost my train. <laughs> okay, home environment that that's, that's too cluttered to make them stressed out. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I lost it there. I got it. It's Clutter is visual stimulus overwhelm. So if you're seeing a bunch of stuff in your visual field, your brain is registering it as undone tasks and things that you have to do. Mm. So I can look around and I'm so like, much. laundry. Oh, yeah, I got to fold that. Oh, dishes in the sink. I got to put those away. And for me, I look around the home and a lot of it is my responsibility, not all of it, but I see that as undone tasks. And therefore your brain is constantly in this loop of the things that you have to do. So you're not able to have that mental peace when you're surrounded by visual clutter. It's harder to focus. It's harder to remember things. It impacts your short and long-term memory. So there are so many impacts of clutter that um, even if you're in living in a kind of smaller space, I think it could significantly help your listeners to declutter their environments. Sure, sure. I just wrote that down because we might need to <laughs> mark that in the description. Can't have, or it's harder to have mental peace when you have surrounded by the visual clutter, yeah. which I've just been feeling so much more as I've been <laughs> growing up. I, I still feel like I'm growing up. Um, like there are, and there are certain areas, I think, because sometimes I can keep so much going well, except for like my bedroom. You know, or just like a certain area that's a, a pain point. So I, but anyways, that's neither here nor there, but I feel you on that. Um, so I love how you first off just told your story and then kind of answered the first question <laughs> because we talked about too many choices and, and clutter, but can you tie this into decision fatigue quick? Because mm -hmm. in college, we are overwhelmed with every decision and I don't want to say it's more than like parenthood, but it's different in the sense yeah. of um, it, it tends to feel like I think and I guess I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but it tends to feel like bigger decisions in the sense of I got to choose the classes for next semester, like every two months. And it's so annoying because you can't just enjoy the semester without having to choose your mm -hmm. major and choose the next thing. And I do not mean well, first of all, kids are more important. So they're the more important decisions. But sometimes it's more like, a, what do you have for breakfast? And yes. so this is not at all disregarding parenthood, not at all. 
but I'm saying sometimes there seems like life impacting humongous choices. Um, literally every semester that's so annoying and you just, anyways, uh, what's decision fatigue and, and can we kind of reduce, uh, that? Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to give an example that might resonate with your listeners. I, um, met up with a friend after a super long day to get pedicures, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we're going to do something nice for ourselves. And I show up and I don't know if you've been to a nail salon lately, but you go in and then you're told, okay, pick your color. Right. And there's a wall of like hundreds of different nail polishes. And I was like, pick my color. I have no idea what I want on my toes. I've spent an entire day yeah. making decisions and trying to figure out what I'm eating, what my kids are eating, what I'm doing. You know, supposedly we make 35,000 decisions a day. You wow. know, the number might be different depending on uh, what studies you look at. But at the end of the day, that was the last thing that I wanted to make a decision about, right? So I see that there's a connection between too much stuff and then having to make choices between those things. So if you're getting dressed in the morning, you look in your closet, you have like 50 shirts and you have to pick one out of the 50. Well, that's a harder decision than if you had like 10 shirts, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of basic math that the more stuff you have, the more choices you're making between the stuff. And there's something called choice overload, which is at a certain point, choice is good. We like to, you know, have more than one or two choices and we value that, especially in the United States, mm -hmm. that we have the freedom to choose. But after a certain number of choices, your happiness level decreases considerably because you just get very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And that ties into decision fatigue, which is um, you're having to make you know, whether it be a big decision or a small decision, but because of the number of decisions you're making in a given day, the quality of your decision-making decreases over the day, over just a long amount of time. So at that point, you know, if you spent the day making unnecessary decisions between a hundred shirts and 20 breakfast options and, you know, all these other things, by the time you're trying to figure out what classes do I take next semester, you're like, I don't have any more decision-making fuel left in the tank mm -hmm. to do that. So the way that we combat that is by asking ourselves, what decisions am I making right now that are not necessary? And being able to, at least for a season, streamline those. So Maybe I decide, okay, I'm going to reduce the number of choices of my clothing for a certain amount of time. I'm going to have the same couple snacks um, and not have to think about it. I'm going to, for me, I do laundry every day, so I don't have to think about it. It's not necessarily because I have heaps of laundry everywhere. I just don't want to think about it. I want to get that decision out of the way. So that way my decision making, um, powers or my decision-making energy is left for more important things. So that's what I would recommend in as much as you can reducing or removing unnecessary decisions. Yeah, that's awesome. That's interesting. Cause yeah, I don't actually do laundry every day, but I, sometimes I'm like, let's just make food and leftovers. So I just always have food. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, that's another one of my ideals. One. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think that that's another way if you say, okay, anytime I'm making a lunch or a dinner, I'm just always going to double it so that I have leftovers. That's something where you're making the decision once. And yes, you can reevaluate later on if you're like, you know, this isn't really working for me now because my schedule has changed or whatever. It doesn't mean it's set in stone. It's just what can I do to make my life easier so I can focus on what actually matters and not what am I having for lunch today, right? Yes. Awesome. And so this ties into, I think we kind of already answered some of this question. And you mentioned four ways that all of this can negatively impact us. You were kind of also just talking about it. So I don't know if you mentioned the four ways. Um, but with this decision fatigue that you're mentioning, I guess, I guess I feel like we kind of already answered this question. So I'm just going to give you the free reign. How's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> because yes, I'm not did. sure what we answered or what we didn't. So I know. It's okay. I got ahead of myself. Four ways that clutter <laughs> negatively impacts our physical and emotional health and well-being and tying that into yes. college. Yes, definitely. Okay. So, um, our time is the first thing that clutter is stealing from us. And I feel like that has to do with our overall well-being because we can spend our time in ways that is more supportive of what we want from our lives. And, you know, you don't think about this, but clutter and things you don't need, it's not neutral. It takes up time. It takes up space. You have to clean it. You have to maintain it. You have to find things. You have to look at it and be like, oh, do I still need that? I don't know. When was the last time I used that? You know, if it's there, you're taking up mental space with it and also physical space. And it has been shown I hate that those decisions. I know <laughs> having less clutter actually means less housework, less cleaning, less maintenance. And if you think about any amount of time that you're spending having to even look for lost items. That's another thing that it's like, I forget how many months of our lives are spent looking for lost things, but it's pretty significant. Mm. And so if you think about, you know, clutter takes up my time, then you're able to say, okay, how am I, if when I'm getting rid of clutter, I'm reclaiming my time. So that would be thing number one, which I think would be super important (laughs) for your busy listeners. And the second is our peace. So we talked about kind of the connection between clutter and um, the stress and anxiety. Um, one of the studies, although this was with, with married couples, but still they, if they felt like their home was cluttered, they had a harder transition going from work to home. So if you think about if you're in class and you're like, I really don't want to go home if it's because your home is so messy and cluttered that it just really stresses you out, it, it's your home is supposed to be a haven. It's supposed to be the place where you are able to rest and rejuvenate yourself. And if it's not that, then you have a home that is actually, you know, stressing you out and that's not good. So um, the second thing is our peace. And the third is our physical health. I mentioned the overeating or eating things that are not the healthiest, but it also impacts our sleep. So if you have a cluttered bedroom, it's going to cause sleep disturbances. Um, because again, your home is a haven, but then within your home, the bedroom is supposed to really be where you're able to rest. And if you have a cluttered bedroom, it's hard to get a good night's sleep if you're surrounded by what your brain perceives as unmade decisions. So those are three out of the four. Do you want to 
comment at all before I go to the I'm fourth one? I'm writing stuff down. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I will keep going as I watch the uh, the smoke come out from the, the keyboard. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to yeah, say, I can, go ahead. I can say something. Um, yeah. I was just marking it down. So, yeah, this is a contention point in my life because, and I think the more overwhelmed and cluttered we feel and more decisions we think there are I think the more we don't want to do them so for example I can clean up stuff that's not too bad but like you were saying your bedroom or whatever that just can be the worst if that's a mess and then you don't want to deal with it and also me personally sometimes it's not the decisions so sometimes I can make decisions to declutter but it's following through with what I have to do with the items. Do you have mm-hmm. a pile of things to take to goodwill to give to this person to throw away? Um, yeah, I don't really have a question. I'm just acknowledging what you're saying because, yeah. um, guys, I feel this in my own life. And actually right now, as I was telling you, I'm actually staying with my grandma for a little while and, um, to help her out. And so there's not that much of my stuff over here. And so every day I feel like I can go through and just kind of, organize it a tad just like five minutes and I'm great and it feels like such a breath of fresh air and so just making the connection between that and just handling college handling homework handling like like I would want to get away and do homework at the library because there's too much stuff going on around me around the house so I I I hear you I hear you so you had said you had more you could say so please go ahead and say what you were going to get to as well as how in the world someone starts with all of this, especially when they are just overwhelmed. (laughs) Oh, yes. So yeah, the last one, which ties into what you're saying is our energy. Um, It really impacts our energy when we're kind of surrounded by all of this stuff that we're having to look at or move or make decisions about or whatever the case may be. And what you were talking about saying with your grandma, I mean, that's why people like to go on vacation, right? So they're not like around (laughs) their stuff. And they're like, oh, I don't really have to clean that much. And it's just kind of that breath yep. of fresh air. And it's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if you were able to um, experience that at home? So I do get a lot of questions of where to start because, you know, if people are like, okay, I know this is a problem. I know it's impacting my health. And you want to make those small beginning uh, steps. I do not recommend that you're starting with the grandmother's china or your clothing or your book collection or any of that stuff. I would actually recommend that, um, and this would go for college students too, starting with your car. And the reason that I say Mm -hmm. that is because it's not actually in your home. It's a small contained space and it's very easy to figure out what is trash and what is not. We're trying to start with the most unemotional, unsentimental places possible. And also you can make a lot of progress in your car in a short amount of time. And then you're in there driving to and from class and you're like, oh, this is so nice. I really like that my car is clean right now. So I say um, this would be my recommended progression for college students. Um, Car, your bathroom. Again, I always tell people I've never seen anyone getting choked up about getting rid of uh, expired medication, for example. So it's like, just make those unemotional, unsentimental decisions. And then probably like your pantry. So if you're, you know, in a dorm situation, you probably still have like snacks and pantry stuff and just going through those. Is it expired? You know, like, is it gross? Is it moldy? (laughs) Get rid of that. 
Um, and then you can kind of start moving into your living space, your bedroom area, but I would leave the clothing and the sentimental stuff and the books for the very end. And I work with my moms of just doing 15 minutes at a time and just kind of like these sprints. Um, but I do talk to them in advance of like, where do you want to donate stuff? And like, what is your system around your stuff? Because you can't just say, okay, I'm going to get rid of it, but not have a plan for getting rid of it. So yeah. you do need to create that plan as well. That's the part that is the end that like, I'm like, I'm just done. So yeah. first of all, I didn't know we were going to get that exact on like places. So good for you. I love that. So um, this I think can so resonate with people also because sometimes we just live out of our car. <laughs> like I would yes. have just like bags of actually pertinent stuff, but like food. Sometimes I would be commuting and I'd be on campus for like 10, 12 hours because I just wanted to do it in one day and all this stuff. I love that. And also it kind of shows me, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back, that I seem to be doing it in a certain order because um, it usually is quick for me to just clean out my car. Yeah. And so I love that. But also the not sentimental places first. Also, um, this is just a my tip and I want because I've done this before and I wonder if you would approve, officially approve as the coach. <laughs> Sometimes when I get a space clean um, and it's not really a stressful area, I'll go to the stressful area and grab like 10 things and take it over to the clean space because I want to keep the clean space place clean and so the 10 things I can figure out where they go real quick and then I can put them because if I sit in the stressful area all the time it's overwhelming to me but um I don't know if that yeah I think that's great and you know one of the other things I advocate is just using the physical limitations of the space that you have or creating artificial boundaries or limitations so if you have a bookshelf like that is your physical limitation for your books, right? So you're taking everything out and then you're like, okay, what are the things that I need, that I love, that I use? And then you look at the maybes. Are there any maybes that fit? Well, great. Whatever fits, fits. And then the rest we're getting rid of because we're using that artificial boundary of the bookshelf rather than having them on the floor, or having them in the closet and everything else. So if you're able to utilize the power of artificial boundaries, then that really helps also with some of those uh, decisions that you have to make about your stuff. I love that. I'm going to write the power of artificial boundaries. So we had a tiny little break, but we're back. Um, <laughs> yeah. So kind of finally finalizing what we had been talking about, um, decluttering certain areas and, um, your car or bringing back messy stuff into a clean area. So you got rid of it fast. Do you have any last suggestion regarding like school stuff, like school supplies, stuff in your backpack, um, like overwhelmed with just the papers and the, the list yeah. of homework and whatever. And then I would love for you to tell everyone where we can find you and y'all should go hit up Emily. So that'll be great. Yeah. So I think um, my main suggestion around paper and what I do is that I have like one small folder that's of anything active that has to be kind of taken action on right now. And I use um, Evernote. Obviously, there's a lot of different um, programs out there, but I really like how I'm able to do just a really quick screen capture of documents, but I also, you know, have a scanner too. So I keep most things 
you know, that aren't requiring like active use, like you have like a referral form that you have to physically give to someone or something like that. Otherwise, I try to keep as much electronic as possible. And also I talked earlier about having a system around your staff. Anything that is coming into your life or coming into your home, there needs to be like a system around it. So, you know, let's say that you have classes maybe three or four days a week. You can decide, you know, whether you want that to be a once weekly or twice weekly thing that you're going through any sort of physical paper, making decisions about it, whether it needs to be kept in any electronic way or if it can just be, you know, recycled or thrown away or whatever. Um, I know that from, I'm 42. So the way that college looked back then was a little bit different, uh, than now. But as far as like, you know, taking notes or any sort of, um, studying aids that you're using, I would just recommend in as much as you're able to have that electronic record rather than the physical paper, that's going to help you a lot. And I've actually, I like scanned, I kept some of my college papers and stuff and I like, I've scanned all of them and everything is electronic. So now I can kind of go back to those. And so, yeah. And also you probably don't need as much as you think you do <laughs> Yeah, when and, it comes to the school supplies. <laughs> definitely we get papers and stuff in class and whatnot. Yeah. But then also I found that sometimes I would like take a picture of a board because like if the professor had notes and like write it down and like I have to run to my next class, I'm not going to take the time to write this all down. I'm going to take a picture. But then our pictures get in my phone like back to random months and weeks. And so anybody listening, you can make a folder in your phone gallery of just like, school stuff or like each class. So it's like any pictures or screenshots you have a folder. Yeah. And within Evernote, if you had a note within Evernote and you took, let's just say you were writing the notes for the class Mm -hmm. and then it was that kind of situation within that same note, you could take a picture and it would be physically in that note. So that is another way too, because I know everyone um, has the issue with all the random pictures on their phone. Yep. <laughs> and we don't know the digital clutter is a whole other conversation that maybe we can have in the future. But um, <laughs> yeah, I would say if you can keep everything together or if you can't in the moment, you need to know, okay, well, tonight or tomorrow night, I'm going to look through and make sure that everything from that day is where I want it to be before I'm moving forward. Because otherwise yeah. it just snowballs and that's how we get overwhelmed when we don't have a system around reviewing that stuff exactly i love that i love that and laid out and and that it's worth our mental health doing that so that's awesome yes always bringing it back to what's most important um now you asked me how people could connect with me so i will do that as well Um, so again, the podcast is called Moms Overcoming Overwhelm. You're like, well, I'm not a mom, or maybe you are, I don't know. But really, it's decluttering guidance for everyone. And all my solo episodes are 15 minutes or less. So you can kind of get in and out and have some decluttering motivation for your day. And otherwise, social media wise, I guess I'm the most active on Instagram at simple by M E E M M Y. And that's the best way to get in touch with me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, um, Kara. It's a good, I'm going to go clean up for five minutes now. So <laughs> <gonna be> my... <laughs> Every little bit counts. So yes. use it. And guys, go check out um, Moms Overcoming Overwhelm as well as her blog and email list because I wrote a little uh, blog post article. Yes, which at the time of recording is coming out in about two days. So definitely get on the list. You can see 
Kara's wonderful guidance about budgeting and how to budget like a minimalist, if that's of interest to you. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that was so out. fun. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so very much also for your patience because I had stuff that came up and it's good to see you again. And also yeah. anyone listening, we have like the same length of hair now. So I'm channeling. <laughs> We're twinning. I'm channeling my inner, you know, <laughs> Emily McDermott. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much. And everyone go check out Mom's Cut Overcoming Overwhelm. And I'll, hey, I'll see you in the Facebook group. Yeah. Emily, Sounds so. good. Thanks, Kara. Have a good day. Thanks. Wasn't that great? Okay, so remember, head on over to our Facebook group, the Christian College Girl Community, and let me know in three emojis how your stuff and your space makes you feel stressed or happy or calm. And, you know, let me know where you're going to get started first after listening to this episode. Thanks, guys. Hey, girl. Okay, so before you run off to calculus, if this podcast has brought you any encouragement, would you please write a review on iTunes or take a screenshot post it in your Insta stories, and tag me. Let's tell the rest of our stressed sisters that more money and peace can be attained outside of the conventional way of doing college. See you next time. Love and prayers, Kara.